Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. This month marks 10 years that Fortress of Faith has been on the radio. I can't believe I missed our anniversary. February 1st was 10 years of broadcasting Fortress of Faith on the airwaves. We started on one station on KARI in Washington, in Blaine, Washington, broadcasting all over Vancouver and into Victoria and other parts of British Columbia and parts of Northwest Washington. Boy, it's been an interesting ride. We quickly grew. Within three years, we were on 400 stations from coast to coast. We're still coast to coast. We're not on 400 stations. We've drawn back a little bit, but it's been the support of our listeners that has made this program a success. I I say it many, many times. The heroes are those who make this happen by supporting this ministry. And thank you for doing it, for calling North America back to repentance, to warning them of the dangers of a ideology that is uh, about to destroy our faith and the things that we believe in, and to call those who are caught up in that darkness to the truth, to salvation through Jesus Christ. Today, I found in our archives our very first program that we started airing on KARI 10 years ago, and I'm going to play for you the bulk of that show right now. So we're going to go back in a time capsule, 10 years. We'll join you again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. Did you know that there are Sharia law courts opening up all over Great Britain today? How did this happen? And could Sharia law be coming to North America? This is the Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, strengthening the fortress from the assault of Islam in North America. Before I begin what this broadcast is going to be covering, I want to take a few moments to explain who is behind this microphone. My story really begins with my grandmother. Her goal in life was to raise her three sons to be bartenders. Well, she failed miserably. All three of them became Baptist preachers. My father was a church-planting missionary in the United Kingdom for many years, and I was a little lad when we moved over there. And I later returned to the United Kingdom as a church-planting missionary, and I was there for 17 years. For almost 30 years, I lived my life over there, and I've been able to see a dramatic change in Europe. Europe has been changing through the years with immigration and the procreation of these foreign people to England who's made England their adopted home and seeing these populations grow. I've seen a remarkable change in the country. It's hard to find a local business these days that's actually owned by indigenous British family. Most of them have been taken over by Muslims. And I'll explain in later shows as to how England has become a a big melting pot for Muslims. Through the years, we've seen the Muslim population grow. I remember uh, having a lot of friends growing up in school uh, that were Muslim friends, and I didn't pay any attention to it. Now, I've, I've returned back to the United States, and I travel, 
and preach in many churches about the subject of revival and, and about the subject of Sharia law and the dangers of Islam. And I'm excited to start this broadcast here in Northwest Washington and to be a service and an information place for people to understand what really Islam is about and what they're trying to do here in North America, what their goals are, and why they have these goals. And we need to be aware of them because they are going to oppose our Christian views and our Christian freedoms. And if we are not careful, we'll be overtaken by this religion. Now, this show is not going to be anti-Muslim. We're not out to bash Muslims, but it will be anti-Islam. My beef is not with Muslims. I love Muslims. I think we need to reach out to them and do everything we can to reach them with the truth. Folks, these are people with souls, and if they go to their death believing in Allah as their Savior, as the one that is the true God, then these people, according to the Bible, are going to find an eternity in punishment. And I don't desire that for them. I do desire, though, that Christians are aware of what Islam is teaching. And I've seen firsthand how their methods have made great inroads within Europe And I fear that if we do not learn the lesson from Europe, that we will repeat that here in North America. And I hope that that these broadcasts will be a benefit to you to learn these things. In England, while churches have been closing, Islam has been growing. By the year 2035, the newspapers have reported that there will be more Muslims living in England than there will be Christians. Did you know that the most popular name for a baby boy that's born in England today is Muhammad? Did you hear me? The most popular name for a baby boy born in England is Muhammad. Now, this is a shocking development. And even though I lived there for all those years and saw the growth of Muslims and people from Pakistan and India and Bangladesh and Sri Lanka, and so forth. You know, you saw these different foreign groups and their communities growing rapidly. It was still a shock to me to hear that the most popular name for a baby boy is Muhammad. Now, this is jolly old England that we're talking about, and I imagine most of the people that might be listening to this broadcast, if they were looked to their heritage, it would come from Europe, and perhaps many come from England itself. There's been a lot of developments for Islam in Europe. You need to understand that they have made claims a number of years back to target England to become the first Western nation to become an Islamic state, or a caliphate, as they would call it, the Ummah, an Islamic nation. I was shocked to hear the news that back in September of 2008, the British government was going to permit Muslims to officially open up Sharia law courts. It was announced on September 14th through the Times newspaper. They were the ones that the story was given to. The headline said, Revealed UK's first Sharia courts, London, Birmingham, Bradford, Manchester, Nuneaton. 
Two more courts were being planned for Glasgow and Edinburgh. A few months later, an article came out in June of 2009, and it reported that 85 Sharia law courts were now operating in Britain. Now, let me explain what this means and does not mean. This does not mean that the British people now have to live by Muslim law. But what it does mean is that Muslims do not have to live by English law. Now, I don't know if you can fathom the danger that's here. A nation now has come to a point where they allow two standards of laws, one for the main population of Britain and one for a minority group, the Muslims, and this law that they have is Sharia law. There are limitations that they have given them. It is limited to only deal with family law and social or civil issues. But already we have seen evidences where they've abused that and overstepped it and have stepped into criminal areas. Let me give you a few examples. Stephen Pollard is a columnist with The Times, and he said this, Sharia courts have dealt with at least six cases of domestic violence in which they simply ordered the assailants to take anger management classes to talk to community elders. The female victims then withdrew their complaints they had made to the police. They were thus forced to accept an unjust religious law over the law of the land. Another example he cites in the same article in the Times. He said this, in an inheritance dispute, Sharia judges gave the sons twice as much as the daughters. In English law, the shares would have been equal. These courts were supposed to only deal with family and civil issues. And clearly, they've already abused the privileges that were given to them by the British government. But this is not a surprise because they're not going to be content with just dealing with a small portion of Sharia law. Here they are. They've, they've looked at domestic violence. Now, assault is a criminal offense. Rape is a criminal offense. Here these Muslim women have received abuse from Muslim men. Had they taken their cases to a British law court, these men were found guilty, then they, would, they, they might be looking at uh, jail time. But instead, they're just gently rebuked and given advice on how to manage their anger and receive some counseling. And the women, instead, were forced to drop their police charges against the abuse. And so this is something that we can expect to continue in England. Let me throw some more light about these Sharia law courts that are operating in England and, and what this means. You see, previously... Sharia law had already been going on, but without official backing to it. You see, Sharia law is an integral part to Islam. You cannot separate it if it governs their life. So this has already been going on in their mosque and in their communities. But it was voluntary. If there was a dispute between Muslims, some type of mediation was needed or some type of arbitration, then they would meet with the community leaders, and they would sit as a tribunal, and they would submit their cases to these people, 
and they would give a decision, and they would voluntarily abide by those things. But now that the U.K. government has given recognition to these courts, they have also given the ability for the British government to enforce the rulings of these courts. Richard Edwards from The Telegraph in England, the crime correspondent there, he said this, the government has quietly sanctioned that their rulings are enforceable with the full power of the judicial system through the county courts or high court. Now, let's be fair. This idea of Muslims coming together and voluntarily within their own ranks deal with arbitration and mediation, that really is not something that is too foreign to us as Christians because We're admonished in the Scriptures to do the same. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're told that we're not to bring our matters before the public, before the unjust, but we're to bring that before the saints to find someone within our congregation that's uh, esteemed, that that person might stand as a judge uh, to arbitrate or mediate in a situation that Christians may have with each other over something that is a dispute. But what is very interesting, the Muslims have the British government backing these court systems. Now, I hope this has been helpful to you to inform you about what's going on with Islam and what's happened in Europe. We're going to be looking closely at what happened there because if we don't learn that lesson, what's happening there, then we'll probably repeat it ourselves. And I fear that. And we need to fortify ourselves and strengthen ourselves against this attempt to change our ways in North America. Well, I hope that was a blessing. You just heard the very first program we aired on Fortress of Faith 10 years ago.